Encourage family, literally family. We love you guys yes. so much. You love hearing from each and every one of you. And obviously not just here at the Waterstone uh, family and community, but just so many of you. We are thankful for the impact and the reach. And it's really not a play on words, but the encouragement um, that it's providing for home. All right, we, Raina, we're going to talk today about the recipe for a healthy marriage. Woo! Recipes have lots of ingredients. Wow, that's so true. Yeah, Yeah. it's not easy. It takes a little bit of ingredients, and sometimes you need a little more of something rather than something else. Yes, and we're learning um, how to cook. (laughs) I didn't know what. Wait, we're learning a different way to cook. Yes. um, I I don't know why it's so hard for me sometimes to follow a recipe. Like I get locked down in like two tablespoons of, you know, like I don't know why that's so, but like Rihanna's teaching us so much and it's just the more she does, it becomes um, so natural to us. And that's kind of my point that sometimes uh, we think marriage, a healthy marriage just happens automatically, Right. right? We think we can just sort of peel the lid off, pop in the microwave for a minute and a half and get the results that we want, but sometimes it is it is like taking the time to read through and a recipe. It takes time because I know yes. whenever we first went on our gluten free paleo oh, yeah. journey, it was like speaking a foreign language. I was just talking to somebody about how I thought healthy at first was, you know, craft macaroni and cheese because it said real cheese <laughs> on the silver package. What? I thought that is healthy, yeah. and that I could throw my bag of broth in the microwave and as you know we learned yeah. from vitality conversations last night it's probably not the best thing yeah. to have cooked plastic in your food yeah. so little things that we have learned um at a time because i know one thing i'm laughing at right now was i was looking at a recipe and it called for soy something and i was oh, like yeah. oh i can use coconut aminos but you know what that took me a long time right to learn that ingredient exchange. And I think in marriage, it takes us a while of an intentional learning practice. There it is. In order to know what ingredient needs to take place at times. So how to maybe communicate differently, how to respond differently, how to have a different perspective of what your marriage goal is. Right. Um, and to be able to include that ingredient, right. I guess you want to say, in your conversation. Yes. The biggest mistake all of us make in marriage is we forget that health does not happen automatically. No. And you're going to have to look at a recipe, maybe daily, to yeah. see what ingredient is missing um, what ingredient do I need to increase? For instance, like if I tried two tablespoons of communication, 
that may have worked yesterday, but maybe today needs four tablespoons. Yeah. So let's just work through this. Let's have fun um, <laughs> on how to have a healthy marriage. What's a recipe for? Does one exist? It does. And remember, what works is what you work. Oh, right? wow. Yes. Yeah. What works is what you work. And so if we put work in this, it'll work. So the research from like LifeWay, um, Focus on the Family, and so many others, they all kind of agree on these, these common ingredients. And here's the first one, healthy expectations. You know what I've learned and have we not learned this about us and, our, and others? Expectations often live in our head only. Yes. Like we wake up and we're like, so-and-so is going to do this today, or they're going to know it's my birthday. They're going to know that my ankle was hurt last night, and they're going to wake up and make me poached eggs. <laughs> and then you wake up, and they're, they one, they're not even awake. Right. You know? Or if they make you breakfast, it's like maybe burnt toast. So in other words, like often our, those expectations live in our head. We don't ever communicate them. Mm. So we're going to talk about that, how to communicate and state commonly state expectations. But here's the ingredient, number one, healthy expectations. Number two, a realistic concept of love. Mm, yeah. yeah. Realistic concept of love. So some people we know think that love is just um, platonic, like we're just naturally drawn to each other and we'll just sort of cognitively know and I don't need to state it because we're just drawn together. Some people think that it's uh, eros love. It's only erotic only, you know, very physical, very um, chemistry related. Well, if the chemistry is not there, then we must be done. Some people only approach it with just brotherly love, which the Bible describes that, but it's more that you're just kind of in the same house and the bills come at the same address and you just kind of do what you got to do. No, we're going to define and take a look at what realistic concept of love is. Number three, a positive attitude. Attitude is everything. everything. An outlook on, on life. This is, yeah. this is an actual recipe for a healthy marriage, a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And, an, and a healthy out, um, outlook toward life. Number four is the ability. Oh, listen to this one. This one's going to uh, become an episode I know. We think we mentioned it the last few. The ability to communicate feelings. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I'm here recently, you know, I've been studying this, like, this idea of, like, emotional um, unavailability. You know, Rain and I, you've talked. We're studying things like um, habits that certain spouses have. Well, all spouses have. You know, one may come home and get on gaming. One may come home and get on, um, you know, playing games and scrolling on the phone or whatever. Like we all have our thing, if we're not careful, that we'll come home and get into rather than be involved in the life of our marriage. But I'm actually surprised at how many people don't know how to communicate feelings. Yes. Like I've been asking, since I've learned this, I've been asking questions like, give me a feeling to describe what you just heard. And they're like, I don't. I don't like you can see the processor like melting. Like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, right. really? Now we use that a lot here at church because we're like, so when when you hear that verse, how does that make you feel? When you see this graphic, what emotions does that convey? Maybe it's because we're around it so much. I don't know. But anyway, one of the ingredients is ability to communicate feelings. Here's another one: an acceptance of roles and responsibilities. They're not always stereotypical, meaning that the guy always goes out and makes the most money and uh, the wife makes the most meals. That's stereotypical. No, it's like, who's better at cooking? Um, Who's better at doing the bills? 
Who's better at handling kids? And by the way, who's better at handling kids at each stage? Yes. You and I learned that. There were certain elements of girl of our girls' phases and ages that I was a little better at, not like the total age, but there was a little things about them I was better, and there were things that you were better at. And so we learned how to balance those. Um, and so uh, understanding those roles and responsibilities of, of marriage, of finances, of home, of kids. Number six, here's the sixth ingredient, ability to make decisions and settle arguments. Yes. Wow. And not make arguments. No, that's, oh, thank you. I said make, <laughs> m- right. Make decisions yes. and settle arguments. Yes. I think sometimes that can be a little flip-flopped uh-huh. um, as yep. soon as they go and they got they got their pistols packed, ready to fire. Yeah, as soon as they settle the decision, yes. they make an argument. Yes. <laughs> yes. And here's number seven. Here's a, one of the seventh ingredients of a healthy marriage, a common spiritual foundation. Yes. And goal. That is, I think, primary. Yes. It's listed as number seven, not because it's the last, but um, it's set as it's because it's the foundation. So in yes. other words, you could back seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and it's built on that. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So that's just the ingredients. Healthy expectations, a realistic concept of love, positive attitude, ability to communicate feelings, acceptance of roles. Ability to make decisions, settle arguments, and have a common spiritual foundation. So let's build from that. Okay. Let's just talk about like how do we put these tablespoons into something, stir it up, and and make a marriage out of it. Here's what we know: the average couple, statistics tell us, spend more on their wedding day than they do their marriage. Yes. Very much so. Just that investment, you know, mm-hmm. in tablecloths and things like that, where there may be um, need of an investment in maybe yes. that book to be able to go through together, or that Bible yes. study, that app that they listen to, that investment of that date time That's or date about. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be able to just continue to be so intentional. Right. I mean, when we're planning a wedding, we're so intentional to the very last detail. Oh yeah. The type of font that's on the yes. card that sits on the table. Yes. Exactly. But are we that intentional in our day-to-day relationships? Yeah, exactly. And don't, don't be afraid. Some people think that it's, um, that you feel like your marriage is a failure if you're investing in it somehow. Absolutely not. It's going to fail if you don't invest in it. You're not a failure because you're investing in it. And so you you, you need to learn that it's okay to spend time studying mm-hmm. one another and how to be better because you're going to be different um, than the day you were married. Yes. You're going to grow no matter what age you're married at. Um, whether it's your first, second, you know, marriage or whatever, you're, you're still going to be different. And so you're going to have to grow through the seasons. Here's a trend. We fall in love, we marry, and then we hope for the best. <laughs> Is that not true? Yeah. And, and to be fair, like, what do we mean by that? Well, we spend so much time like getting up to the point of getting married. Like we miss a little bit of work. We're so consumed with, like you said, all the details. Then we realize I got to get back to work. And so we get married, take a little hiatus, vacation, honeymoon, but then we come back and we get right back to the nine to five grind. Right. And then we forget to sort of pay attention to each other. And so we hope for the best. No, we need to just continue to invest in that. Here's the biggest myth. The biggest myth that I think most couples make is we both expect the same thing. Mm. 
And if you're not talking, going back to number one of the ingredients, if you're not talking about expectations, like are we going to have children? Um, what is what is a physical side of marriage look like? Are we going to buy a house? Are we going to pay off debt? Like if we're not talking about those things and like you're pursuing, one, one spouse is pursuing um, a debt uh, reduction picture, whereas another one is pursuing let's do what we can to get into a house and then pay out. Then you're, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you have to be on the same page and you can't let these expectations just live up there in your mind. No one is a mind reader. Right. No one, not even the people that say they, they're paid to read your mind. They're not <laughs> mind readers. Right. And so you have um, to share that. What does that mean when we say expectations? Well, when there's unfulfilled expectations, what I call fantasies in our head, in fantasies by, I don't mean like sexual. I mean, fan, we all have like these images in our head of how things are going to play out on a daily basis. Yes. Like, she's going to know this about me. Right. He's going to do this for me. It could be as simple as, oh my goodness, he's going to call me today and just check in on me and mm. make sure I'm doing okay. What? That doesn't take a whole lot of time. Right. Just those little call and check ins to say, hey, how are you doing today? Or, hey, I was thinking about you today. Right. To hear that statement, I was thinking about you today. Right. Oh, my Nelly, that right. just would pump you up to get the house done and everything else. Those little words of investment right. just feed your soul. And it can be just something so little, just yes. such as that to say, even if you're not used to checking in, just setting the timer to say, I'm going to call and check in on my wife yeah. or I'm going to send a, uh, a text to say, how you doing? You well, know? even for like the guy, it charges the guy up. So if the guy gets, I know a lot of our men say this, if they get, if they just get a text from the wife that says, you got this, like, yeah. I believe in you, or like, thanks for working hard for the family. Oh, that fires him up. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so easy now with, with texting, um, you know, to do that. So exactly. So unfulfilled expectations, unexamined lives. Um, in other words, like if we're not intentional about developing ourself, then we can't be fully to what, what what is needed for our spouse. Right. So we have to like continue to develop our own lives personally. Like Raina can't be everything that I need. I'm going to have to go to God on my own and let him make from Like I can't be everything Raina needs. Right. But in becoming what I know God is making me, then that helps our marriage. Undeveloped skills. Marriage is going to pull skills out of you that you maybe didn't th think you needed, or it's going to require something of you. Like uh, we're going to do, a, I think, an episode sometime on like uh, the addiction to gaming is like a big thing. Like we're seeing um, right now, like when you Google analytics of what are most couples struggling with, amazingly, addictions in gaming are in the top three. Yes, very. So much we so. want to address that because we know for um, a nationwide audience, uh, not just a local audience, we know that's. Um, that that's a big deal, and so un, 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 undeveloped skills. Like yes, you go to your work, but when you come home, you you honestly shouldn't just go play six hours of games. Right. You know uh, that's an undeveloped. There's undeveloped skills of communication, of compassion, of, of empathy, of serving, of learning. Um, so expectations trap is unhealthy choices. So if we're not careful, we can all make unhealthy choices and like dieting um, choices. Um, like not taking care of ourselves, not disciplining ourselves, and then unpredictable circumstances. Life's going to throw at you and I unpredictable circumstances. And if we're not communicating to our, to our spouse, somebody's going to get surprised. And none of us like to be surprised. We all like to be prepared. 
And so this is how some of the ways we're aware um, that maybe the ingredients aren't what they need to be. Somebody said something years ago, and I, I love what they said. Speaking of marriage, they said, we all have a marital canvas in our mind, like what it's going to look like, a yeah. picture, if you will, um, in our mind. But we don't really know how to pull that out. So here's the way I say it. When I do premarital counseling, um, my very first meeting, I ask them to give me three reasons why they want to get married. And one of them can't be because I love him or her. That's sort of a given. But then I say this. I want you to write down five expectations of marriage. Like when you say, I'm getting married to her, when you say, I'm getting married to him, automatically your mind is thinking like, oh, I hope we do this. I hope it looks like this. I hope we go on a date every Friday night. You know, what are, what are those things? And so I ask them to give me those expectations. And I say, look, for the most part, those will never change. Like you need to continue to work towards those. Here's the reason why I think that person said we all have this marital canvas in mind and we need to understand this. We, we often marry an image of what we hope it looks like only later to discover the reality. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's in everything, is, is, is it not like that? Like, let's go back to using the analogy of a recipe. Have you ever tried to make something off of like Pinterest? I have, right? <laughs> Me and the girls used to try to make cakes or certain things off of Pinterest, and they call it a Pinterest fail. Oh, yeah. It looks nothing like the picture. Right. And how many times have we tried to make like recipes and it didn't taste like it at all? Right. You know, and then or you spend a lot of money and it turns out to be really bland. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my thing with the recipe. I'm like, does it have any taste to it before yeah. I spend all this money to make this? That's probably my fault because you like spicy. <laughs> I and do. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good with senior adult food where, you know, <laughs> it's kind of bland. But, um, but no, I see what you're saying. And so how, how then, how do you create a, a healthy marriage, a marriage that you desire uh, and need? So I'm going to give you, let's, let's talk about five tools that take the recipe and put it into action. And let's just rattle these off really quick. So number one, I have to take ownership of that recipe. Yes. Like I have to get my hands in there um, and participate. I may be the one that's best at... Um, Portioning out the spices. Maybe I'm better at, you know, frying, mixing, stewing, stirring, whatever. But I got to get my, I have to take ownership, take responsibility. As a husband, your wife cannot be everything to you that you need. You're going to have to participate. Yes. And vice versa to the wife, to the husband, the husband to the wife. But how do you do that? How do you take responsibility? Well, you, by taking ownership, you start asking questions like, Who's responsible for this? What are we responsible for? And here I'm talking like behavior. Like if things aren't working, um, instead of asking who's wrong, ask what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like often we want to blame somebody when things go wrong. But what you should be asking is like, what's wrong? Am I not stating things clearly? Am I not filtering them correctly? Uh, am I not spiritually where I need to be to be able to hear things spiritually I mean, every one of us are so we're so nat naturally inclined to blame others. Oh yeah. But you have to own a, a portion of your part of making that marriage healthy. I think we also need to think about our original. I guess you, if you're, you know, if we're playing off of ingredients, 
um, the main meal that you're trying to cook. Many Ooh. times we are working okay. on side items. And so many families can go in and all of a sudden they are so focused on maybe, let's say, outside activities. And before you know it, your kids are on travel, two travel teams, another team, and you are spending so much of your, let's say, meal time on side items that you're missing the main meal. So all of a sudden, ah, really you good. are just, you're malnutritioned. You oh. don't have those main ingredients that's going to sustain your family because you spend so much time on maybe, all right, we got some hash brown casserole over here and we're really going to focus on this bonus, but then realize like, oh my goodness, you know, why is it that I can't engage with my teenager? They're not talking to me or where was our time for family time? Because we are spread so thin trying to make it everywhere that, you know, nope, we can't make it to church this week because this is happening and this is happening. That's good. And then for us, we're dealing with those families five years later, and they're like, I have no idea why my child walked away from the Lord. Oh, well, yeah. I think it's because they didn't have the expectations to be able to sit down first and to get that original game plan. Like, this is a non-negotiable for our family. Right. You know, um, maybe education, uh, family night, um, mm. just being able to spend time together, um, being able to communicate and just being able to ha develop that relationship, being able to have education first. Um given them enough right. margin in their life to get their homework done so they're not coming in at 10 o'clock at night trying to crank out their homework. Oh. And then we're asking them, golly, why, why are your grades so low? Wow. Well, because you didn't create the ingredients before, you know, and the nutritional aspects of family before they could even know how to make it themselves. Right. You know, we're the one that are those nutritional managers, I right. guess you want to say, of what family looks like. That is so good. I love that. We're often working on side items and not the main meal. That's what, that's that's a really good way to say take ownership. Like, are we seeing this recipe come together uh, for the consumption of the main meal? Here's another one. Here's five tools that every marriage needs. You got to have hope. Yes, very much so. You know, believing that better richer and the the healthier exists. Like that, those are like what we often say in the vowels, right? Um, believing that. But you got to understand this. To have hope at all is a risk, yeah. right? You know, C.S. Lewis basically said to love anybody is to take a risk that you're going to get hurt. So I know in some respects it's easier to not have hope and sort of settle for less mm -hmm. rather than be disappointed when you hope for more. I get that. But understand that your your marriage really can't come together without without hope. Like when you're trying that main recipe to Raina's point, what's it gonna taste like? You know, did we spend all this money on the the protein and all the all these other things and it's just gonna be like blah. Like I get that. Like you maybe you're asking, like, is this really gonna work? And maybe for some of you you're like, Pastor Ron, I get that. But I've tried those ingredients or that recipe with my husband yes. or my wife for years. And I still can't dial it in, right. but I'm still eating the same dish. Right. I understand. I mean, I do. But but you you have to keep hope 
alive, if even just in your own heart and life. Remember, hope is desire, it's belief, and it's worry all wrapped into one. Yeah. It really is. You probably never attach the word worry to hope, but there is that earthy element that even when you put hope in something, you're thinking, what if it doesn't? How will it? What will it look like? You know what I mean? It's a little bit of worry in there, but hope is desire, belief, and worry all rolled into one. Here's one, a third a third tool that every marriage needs, empathy. Yeah. Yes. Like so many of us play the, my day was worse than your day. And no one wins when we compare days uh, because there's days I could bring my day to Raina and, and win. There's days when Raina could, you could bring your day to me and win. But maybe when you look at it, it's 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 never really a win because contextually what we're trying to handle is not that we, we we can't you know compare. But so what is empathy? Empathy is loving with your head and your heart at the same time. Hmm. Here's what I mean by that. I have a lot of couples that come in and they'll meet with me and they'll they'll say this phrase right. I get that logically. They'll say, I understand what you're saying logically. Hmm. Well, that's not empathy. Empathy is thinking with both the head and the heart at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I get that logically. I understand that. But you also need to understand this is how I feel. Like, remember the ability to co- express emotions? Like, this is sort of how that made me feel. Or, okay, I get that your day was tough. I also understand that was a rough day. Not yes. a, just a tough day, but it was a rough day. Yeah. And just try to put yourself in that other person's shoes um, as much as you can. Somebody said to ask this question, when was the last time you you walked in your spouse's perspective? Like you tried to see what they're going through. You tried to put yourself proverbially in their shoes to understand, you know, what were they processing? What did they feel? What was it like to be in their their conversations, their shoes, their head, their day? And that way you can understand. Trust me, no one wins when you try to, my day was worse than your day. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be a never ending game of tennis. Right. You're going to volley back and forth. And imagine again, you're making a recipe and you're like, no, I think we need more salt. No, I think we need more pepper. No, I think we need more salt. No, And you just keep adding salt, pepper, salt, pepper, salt, pepper. And then you taste like, man, this tastes bad. That's what we're talking about. So it's understand having empathy. Here's a fourth tool forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is huge. Um, it's if what is forgiveness? It's a way to find healing from hurt. You're going to be hurt in marriage and probably on a daily basis, in some way, big, small, in some little unknown, unseen, unspoken uh, way. You know, life's going to hurt you, um, either in marriage or with your children or at work. And your marriage literally has to have the tool. Um, of forgiveness. Every couple needs to learn to forgive. Because if we keep adding up the wrongs, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love does not keep a record of wrongs. If we keep adding up the record of wrongs, eventually it's going to become a mountain that no one can climb. And then you're going to lose hope. And then you're going to think, oh, this thing doesn't, you know, it can't work out. Forgiveness should never be practiced on a grand scale. Now, there's going to be times when you have to practice it on a grand scale, for something you know, really big that somebody's done or whatever, but it has to be practiced on a day by day, moment by moment, little by little, um, little thing. Mm-hmm. And so you and I are trying to 
understand what are the ingredients of a healthy marriage and at the same time say, well, these are the tools. So if, if I'm, I have the ingredients, I have to have the pot, the pan, the whisk, the oven. Like I have to have the tools to put it together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so if we looked at the ingredients and now these are the tools, this is what needs to happen. And so you and I have to practice these things on a daily basis because I love what Langdon Mitchell said. He said, marriage is three parts love. I love it because like recipe. And seven part forgiveness of sins. Mm. Wow. You know, and so if you look at ingredients, it's like three parts salt and then seven parts chicken broth. You know, oh, yeah. it's like the broth of forgiveness just helps bring all of that um, together. So we know, as Raina said, most of us are working on side items and maybe they're their own, our own personal side items. Yeah instead of, you know, the main course. But I love this quote. John Fisher said, the success of a marriage comes not in finding the right person. Why do I use that quote? Because you ever heard somebody say like, oh, have you found the right person yet? Like people, someone that's right. not married. Mm-hmm. I get that. But biblically speaking, I mean, there is a person that God would have you marry. But becoming the right person is more oh, of the process yeah. than they're they're seldom the right person at the moment. They're becoming the right person. He says this the the success of marriage comes not in finding the right person, but in the ability of both partners to adjust to the real person they inevitably realize they married. Mm. You know, like we have flaws. Um, we have some work to be done. And that's why the Bible says that you and I are given to each other to become one flesh, which means there's part of me that has to die to accept her. There's part of her that has to die to accept him. Well, if we're honest, we really like most of the parts about us. And we don't like dying and letting go of certain parts of me, uh, you know, to do that. And so when Raina and I make turkey chili, we have to make sometimes two different pots because <laughs> there's a good group of our family, Jacob, Raina, Jordan. Are y'all the ones that like it spicy? Yeah. Yes. Spicy. Um, me and Jean, Sprite is spicy to us. <laughs> <laughs> me and Jean, Rayleigh. And so we almost have to either sometimes make two different pots of chili or we just kind of Put what we think is and in there. Now and make you're it. no garlic. Now we're no. Now I'm no. I'm a no garlic person. So now we have to make some with garlic and some without. And Raina's over there shaking her head. You know, yeah, it's so funny. But that's exactly what we mean. It's right. being flexible and saying, "But we used to make it with garlic." But I know I can't. No, you don't just keep pressing the point. Well, we all love garlic. Nobody says that. We're just like, yeah, I like it. Well, spicy. it goes back to that empathy point. Yes. You know, and many times, you know, we're like, no, it just needs to be this way, right. you know? And it's like, no, there may be seasons right. the, of change. Yes. There may be seasons where it may not be, you know, how you've always done it. Right. Um, and being willing to kind of walk through that um, because you would want them to do that for you as well. Right, right. And in closing thought, realize that marriage is a lifetime commitment. So, it's on some days you may feel like you had a complete meal, but for the most part, you're continually like honing these ingredients 
and utilizing these tools to make an ever-growing, developing, healthy marriage. Yeah, because it is pretty cool. Once you do work through something, you're like, oh, wow, I learned this through this. Right. Or you learned this through this. Right. Well, it's because we're growing into one. That's it. That's it. Well, this was good, wasn't it, Raina? Yeah. So what recipe do you want to go home and make? Oh, my what do you Nelly. Like? I still want to make a good brisket, or we still oh. haven't made the barbacoa tacos we in have, a long time. We have not. And so funny, that's the one on the recipe that is the most spiciest. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of that. And plantain tortillas. We, oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to master that. We have got to master. I heard that the O'Keefe's have learned how to master that. Okay, you know what we need to do? What? We need to have Dan and Dana. Uh, yes, and on Encourage Radio, have them help us understand because I made them too rubbery or they <laughs> yes. fell apart or they were super hard. Yes, he has mastered them and freezes them and they have them. Because we both went to that place in North Carolina and discovered yes. sweet plantain tortillas that was ridiculous. What was that place? Wild Bill? No, Billy Goat or Goat to Billy or something. something like that. We were like, what in the world? But that yes. place had the best tacos we have ever eaten in our life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taco talk. <laughs> but it's a goal. It's something different that yeah. we haven't done. We haven't attained. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. And in our spare time, instead of getting on our phones and scrolling, we can figure out how to make a plantain tortilla. All right. You guys go try that. Let us know who uh, who, who perfects the... Uh, maybe you already have a recipe. There may be more of the folks out there than Dan and Dana. Yeah. Be sure to comment. Yes. Like, share, subscribe the sweet plantain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Be blessed. Bye. Bye.